the keys to heaven are given in each choice moment. In each choice moment. And so it's always available depending on our choices. If I could give you one message that could dramatically shift the direction of your life, I would tell you to visualize a world in which there was no judgment for the decisions you've made in the past, in which you weren't paralyzed by fear and you could make decisions that were in alignment with the life you desire to live. One in which you could speak only the truth of what exists on your heart. I would tell you to look at the life you're living now and reflect deeply on what you really wish could change. And then have you look down at the life you just created and the life you're living now. And I'd get real close and I'd look you in the eye. That type of look that says, this is too important to let pass. Your life is too important to let pass. And I'd lean in and with your full attention on me and those two life paths, I'd say, you choose. Welcome to the You Choose podcast. I'm your host, Billy Garson Jr. I'm a former division one and professional athlete turned men's mental health advocate. I'm a transformation coach, public speaker, and I'm the proud founder of the You Choose movement, which exists to equip young men with the tools and techniques to choose a life that is in alignment with their highest self. It is my greatest honor and privilege to be with you today, the young man who is in a period of great transition in his life, who's asking questions and seeking answers. And on this podcast, through a series of interviews with professional athletes, men's coaches, and self-help gurus, we aim to educate, equip, and inspire you to bridge the gap between where you are and where you aspire to be. So listen deeply and find yourself in the stories of those who've sat in your shoes and now walk in the areas in which you wish to walk. It's time to unwind our mind and get out of the grind. Break all the invisible contracts we've signed. You see, your life's been designed by other people's beliefs and your spirit's confined because there's no room to breathe. Can we make some more room to breathe? That was a clip from our guest today that he filmed back in 2018, speaking in regards to one of his many projects, the 366 program, which is a radical self-care program that will transform your body, mind, and spirit and improve how you feel immediately. This program is designed to help you realize your soul's purpose and manifest the life and personal freedom you deserve. But let's talk about the guest. Our guest today has been an event producer and promoter, producing hundreds of premier nightlife events, fashion shows, and concerts between LA and Ibiza. He's served as a talent manager for actors, writers, performing artists, and directors at the Raw Talent Management Agency in Beverly Hills. He served as the CEO of Box 8 Studios and an executive producer to what were called the most impactful events during LA Fashion Week. And since 2018, he's been developing residential retreat centers, serving as a leadership and mindfulness coach for men and children. And then his most recent project, which for you guys listening, if you know my history, fascinates me the most. He's began what has been coined the football field of dreams, in which he's working to set up fields, leagues, and teams within Lake Atitlan, Guatemala. 
Today, we're going to uncover what it's like to find the embodiment of a man who connects to his soul's purpose and enables his dream and his life to be fulfilled in a manner that feels in alignment with him. So, Azurbo, thank you so much for taking the time. It's beautiful to have you here. Beautiful. What an introduction. I appreciate that so much. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Amazing. Well, Azur, I have to let you know, doing my research on this podcast and for this episode, um, I thought in depth about how I would approach this conversation and what I would ask you. And it would have been very easy for me to sit here and go with the typical questions of how you found your purpose and all of the normal shit that you're doing. And I have to be honest with the work that I do as a man and being a man myself, your world fascinates me. And there's an egotistical part of me that looks at what you do and is half pissed off and also half jealous and also half in admiration of the word of the world that you've created for yourself. And so I think I speak for every man here that I am fascinated by your world. And what I would love to hear is from your perspective, has it always felt in alignment for you? Thank you so much. Um, First and foremost, I've felt the way you felt most of my life. And what I've come to realize is that your pissed offness has to do with knowing your potential and seeing it in another. And so when you project your light body, it's not a negative projection. It's essentially, it's a positive projection onto someone else. Mm. It's your potential that you know is who you are being reflected in another human being. It creates a sense of not there yet, which can create that resentment or that pissed offness that you were talking about that. And I know, I know what that feels like. And it's when you turn off the social media platforms and stop the compare game and really go inside to connect with the divine creation that is your life Mm -hmm. and where you come from, then that infinite potential that you're seeing reflected in others that is triggering you actually begins to sprout inside of yourself. And to answer your question more directly, no, it's been a struggle and continues to be a dance between faith and fear. It continues to be a dance between falling into the mental garbage that exists so predominantly in our world and is pumped through the mass, you know, radio waves of our consciousness and tuning into the truth about who I am, who we are, where we really come from and holding that truth, which can't be proven. It can't be, it's not a linear truth. It's not a tangible truth. It's something that can only be experienced. Mm. So you may not be able to see it or touch it or taste it, 
Mm. It may be difficult to describe or write about in a book, but you can experience Mm. the truth about who you are and where you come from. And once you have that experience, there's no going back. Mm. There's no going back. I mean, there's definitely a, you can fall down again, over and over again. And I continue to fall down over and over again. However, my faith in knowing that there is a benevolent, powerful, creative, loving energy that created my life that continues to propel me forward. And all I have to do is drop all the stories and addictions and emotional patterns that stand in the way of me receiving and accepting that truth and expressing it and reflecting back to the creator itself through my life and my experience to the best of my ability. Yeah. That was a mouthful, but that's what came through just now. A beautiful mouthful, a beautiful mouthful. And what I would say to that is you shared there that you can only experience that. What was that experience that shifted it for you? Was it one? Was it a collection of many? many. What would you say was the, the key instigator for change in your life that has allowed you to experience beyond that? Key instigator for change for me has been pain, has been suffering, has been achieving worldly achievements and still feeling empty inside, has been playing the game of success, being cool, image consciousness, ego, well, playing that game and playing it rather well and feeling terrible on the inside. And so there's those moments where it's just you and you, and it's hard to fake it anymore. And it's time to look at yourself and assess your values. And I've had those moments because of hitting different bottoms, different financial, romantic, physical, spiritual bottoms. Yeah. Suffering tremendously and following pain to my healing. And luckily, there have been so many guides and teachers. There have been so many avatars and saints. There have been so many humans who have come, you know, before me, before us. Yeah. And have dropped breadcrumbs along the the path that are readily available to be, you know, taken and followed. Yeah. And so thanks to so many giants and so many leaders, I've been able to pull myself up by my bootstraps and continue to reinforce a spiritual practice Mm. every day that serves as the ship that carries me toward my vision and my purpose wow. and my peace and my bliss and yeah, and all the rest of it. It almost seems as though what I'm hearing is that one of the key differentiators is stands between the avoidance of pain versus the willingness to face the pain and the willingness 100%. to stand in the pain and look at it dead in the eye. You said, there, you said there's something so profound. You said, you know, I've had some bottom moments and really low moments in my life. And those have been the pain that I've had to face and look at 
what are those moments? What have been those moments for the people listening that can relate heavily to the to the bottom of bottom, to the thoughts that are going on in their mind? What are those moments for you? For me, the layers of the onion continue to, to peel. And so those bottoms have been various, numerous, and I'll name a few. However, they have been in every category that I had need for healing. In every category of my being a man, human being on this planet that was conditioned by lack, limitation, fear, greed, jealousy, um, the list goes on and on. Yeah. That is essentially predominant in our history and in our societies and in some of us. Yeah. Myself included in our families. Each one of those categories needed a bottom. So one of my recent bottoms was I was engaged to the woman of my childhood dreams and created an entire fantasy since I was a young child that I needed. I created a fantasy that I needed mm -hmm. in order to endure some of the painful and uncomfortable feelings of growing up in a dysfunctional family. And that fantasy I carried into my adult life and being someone who understands the principles of manifestation, which is a law. Manifestation is a series of laws. It's a like you drop an apple from a tree and it falls on the ground. That's a law. There are laws just like that with regards to manifestation. Does it make you a more benevolent person or beneficial present on the planet. And a lot of people are master manifestors and create a lot of um, pain and suffering in the world. Mm -hmm. So being that I was developing mastery in the category of manifestation, I was able to manifest this fantasy, this woman of my childhood dream that I needed, that my the inside of my heart longed for my whole life because it was a dream that I'd created as a child. And so I met her and got engaged and the relationship fell apart during the pandemic and she left. And so my child died. My child, my inner child, my inner infant child who created this dream to feel better about his mother and his family had a death um, that took about a year of mourning. And so that bottom propelled me into a level of consciousness with regards to fantasies and validation and romance mm -hmm. that I had never experienced before. That's one. One before then was, I was, it was 2012, I was in St. Bart's producing an art show during New Year's for the wealthiest people on the planet. It took me a year to put this show together and it was the biggest it was the biggest moment. It was like the pinnacle of my fashion, art, entertainment career. And I had everything that I'd wanted. I was looking at my New Year's resolutions and 70 to 80% of everything on that list I had accomplished. And I was on an island with the top 1% of the top 1% of people on the planet, eating caviar, drinking Dom P, going on yachts and helicopters. And I was so empty and so alone. I felt like I was in a snake pit, like I was dying in a pit 
with snakes all around me. And it was beautiful, but I was dying. And that's how it felt. And it was the, the day the Mayan calendar ended, December 21st, 2012. The next day, I created this 366 program, which essentially saved my life and changed my life forever. I'll continue just because I think it's interesting. Absolutely, please do. In 2005, I was living in Ibiza. I had been promoting for five years in Los Angeles and in Ibiza every summer. It was on my last year of university. I was renting villas. I was nightclubs. I mean, I was the king of the world in my mind. I had the full Tony Montana, Don Corleone attitude. Yeah. And, uh, and it was working. And I felt great until I got hit by a car. And I had a near-death experience in Ibiza on the road to Santularia in the middle of the night, two in the morning, after coming home from organizing a private event that I was going to host the next day. So I was very caught up in my mind about a lot of logistics and finances. Yeah. And I made a U-turn at the wrong time in a taxi, hit me going 100 kilometers an hour, never saw me, never stopped. And I was saved by the angel spirit of my grandmother that night because I should have died. But instead, I had minor injuries, went to the hospital, was in the hospital for two weeks, was on crutches for six months. I mean, it wasn't minor injuries, but it was minor compared to what it could have been. Absolutely. And when I woke up the following day, my eyes changed. It's like I had new eyes, a new pair of glasses. And I began to see this paradise island of Ibiza that became my home with a new pair of glasses. And I could see that everyone was escaping their reality. They were escaping how they felt on the inside and going to Ibiza to live in yeah. a fantasy. And I had been doing the same thing. Wow. So that's when I decided I needed to go home. And I'll even go back one more awakening that I had. Please do. The last one was I was 18 years old. And I was partaking in criminal behavior and rolling with gangs and selling drugs and robbing people and those types of crazy things that can happen when one grows up in Los Angeles in the neighborhoods and environments that I grew up in. Yeah. And I got jumped. I got jumped one night, 1999, um, before New Year's. Wow. A lot of things happened around New Year's in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> so year after I was and, born. <laughs> nice. And I went to the hospital. I had a broken jaw. My mother deported me to go live in Italy and sent me with spiritual books, The Celestine Prophecy, The Peaceful Warrior, my first journal, and a mirror. And I ate these books. I consumed these books and believed every word and had a European experience that popped my bubble of LA consciousness. I was trapped in an American Los Angeles bubble. And that was my entire world. And living for almost a year in Europe popped that bubble while introducing me to deep spiritual concepts. And so I had a major awakening in 1999-2000 that was one of my first real shifts. Um, Sometimes it happens every four years, sometimes every eight years. Yeah. But if you're seeking and you're willing, the shifts will happen. It's like our purpose. Mm. So all you need to do is pursue transformation and it will find you. I think that's beautiful. And one thing that's sticking out for me that I think is an important topic to address here that I want to ask you 
seems like a lot of these transformation moments in your life have come through, you use the word pain before, through great pain, being jumped, being hit by a car, and having these radical transformation and enlightening moments coming through pain. And I look at a lot of these young men now, and I look at a lot of the ways that we're attempting to navigate the world now. And it's almost as though we have to wait for this major moment of pain for something to switch in our life, for something to flip in our life. Yet there's so many of us right now who are suppressing and hiding and masking and not becoming aware of everything that's going on in the world around us and in our world within. And I want to ask you, do you believe that it takes a moment of like that to become enlightened and to shift? Or how can you become so aware in these moments now to change before it gets to that place? I think everyone's different. You know, I can't speak for others, really. In my experience, the shift comes through spiritual practice. The willingness to do spiritual practice usually comes through pain. Not always. It can come through inspiration. Specifically, if you are tied to a spiritual community mm -hmm. or you have a spiritual family or you have a spiritual mentor or you have a spiritual guide in some way, shape or form yeah. that encourages you to be willing to dedicate for certain types of lifestyle shifts and changes in practices. So it's through, you, you know, I, I recently revisited the Karate Kid. I mean, it's ridiculous, but I was just like on Netflix, flipping through what I could watch that might be inspiring. And I got back into the Karate Kid. And it's through the practice of, you know, Mr. Miyagi's wax on, wax off practice that he reaches certain states of consciousness, but it's only by getting his butt kicked on the streets mm -hmm. by the Cobra Kai that he becomes willing to do whatever it takes to practice. Yeah. So what it takes is willingness. Mm -hmm. How does willingness happen? Well, for me, it comes through pain and despair. It has in the past. Yeah. I'm attempting to, you know, hedge my bets at this part of my life. So now that I'm, uh, I don't know how to say it. Now that I'm, I'm just going to say on a roll, yeah. let's say now that I'm on a roll with my energetic relationship to life, with my rapport and um, courtship of a power greater than myself, as I'm taking care of my body, mind, and spirit as a main priority, as I practice prayer, meditation, study, um, different techniques and strategies to elevate my state of being, keep my health in order, yeah. develop my vision, pursue my purpose, serve others, tie into spiritual community, constantly reflect as that has become my life practice. Yeah. Now I am jumping into willingness quicker. You know, I can get a taste of what pain might be coming in a particular behavior or category and say, oh, I know that's coming. Let me double down on the work necessary mm. to, to align. And, you know, the other thing to say is that we're in a comfort-driven culture. It's comfort and convenience across 
the board in the United States and Europe and a lot of the developed cities and a lot of the developed countries. And the comfort in and of itself becomes a prison because if you can't experience pain, true joy is going to be impossible to experience. One might ask, why did God create pain and suffering if he's so benevolent and good? And it's the only way to fully experience joy, love, laughter, peace, harmony, is for there to be the possibility to experience the opposite. Mm. So when once we get out of the binary judgment of right and wrong, good and bad, black and white, and we begin to trust that life knows what it's doing, and that these experience of pain, of struggle, of challenge, of difficulty, of suffering, of loss, are actually the complementary polarity yeah. of bliss, joy, um, success, abundance, then we can actually learn how to develop a capacity to endure our worst nightmares. Because we know, you know what, this too shall pass. I absolutely love this concept. And why I love this concept so much is because there was a piece of me when I began my own journey that became so addicted to the feeling of pain that I would suppress rather than release because I would hold onto that pain because of the feeling that I'd created about what that pain meant about the joy. But joy never came. Joy never came. And I love this topic and I'd love to dive deeper into it with you is the suppression of the pain versus the release of the pain and the seeking of the pain for the, the joy that will come. How have you learned when pain is present in your life and to be, and it doesn't have to be physical pain. I think in this instance, it's more mental and emotional pain. And maybe this comes in the form of that inner child that died for you. How have you learned to process that rather than suppress? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, it's important to state that these are all life processes. These are all life projects. I think there are works that we continue to refine as we evolve. And as we refine them, new sorts of challenges arise. Because through those challenges, new sorts of pains, new sorts of challenges, new sorts of suffering may arise once you've learned to process a certain layer of suffering because through that ceiling that you keep bumping up against is your evolution. And so, you know, there are hundreds of techniques. I have gone to therapy, both EMDR-based therapy, uh, psycho-spiritual therapy, um, talk therapy. I've experimented with therapy and psychology. I have done tons of men's retreats, men's circles, men's gatherings, where we're, you know, screaming into pillows and punching walls or, um, you know, sharing around the campfire or climbing mountains together or whatever. You know, that's been extremely helpful. I've been a huge participant in the 12-step programs across the board. There's so many programs that address so many. I think one of the fundamental foundations of learning to endure any experience of life is meditation. Mm -hmm. So the ability to sit 
silent and experience yourself in reality. Yeah. My biggest shining light meditation has been Goenka G and the Vipassana, the Vipassana, I think it's G. I know it's Goenka. Goenka, um, the Vipassana tradition of meditation, which is mm. essentially the dissemination of the teachings of the Buddha, 10 day yeah. silent retreats that are offered for free all around the world. Yeah. That has completely transformed my life, learning how to sit and experience whatever comes up and watch it come and go. Yeah. I've gone to the Osho Center in Pune, India and spent weeks doing dynamic meditations. I spent years practicing kundalini yoga and you know, suffering with my arms up and in the air as my shoulders are burning on fire and I'm crying because the energy is shooting up my spine into my yeah. third eye as I think I'm dying while teleporting into some DMT experience. I've sat in ayahuasca ceremonies and have cried my eyes out, barfed my guts out. Yeah. Um, I have done whatever I could essentially to process and continue to process the trauma and the stories that kept me enslaved to a victim consciousness. Yeah. And also on the flip side of that coin, I'm a huge proponent in I think one of the closest things to call it is um, neuro-linguistic programming. I call it priming, yeah. but essentially it's conditioning your physiological body, mind, and spirit system to resonate and exist on a particular frequency based on a series of practices that are both audio, physical, mental, yeah. you know. And so just like acting, you can move and act and speak into your power. And that doesn't have to be forceful. It can be very calm. Yeah. It can be very relaxed. Yeah. It can be very centered. Mm. It can be very sweet and kind. Um, and, you know, the last thing that I'll say, I, I think that the future of human technology, human development technology is really the mastery of the science of community and what can be done in community at, in my experience, can 10x what someone can do on their own or one-on-one. -on -one. So, you know, there's, there's an infinite amount of answers. Yeah. I think I have, uh, done as much as I could to, to heal over the years. Absolutely. And there's so much, so many ways that I could take this. I was smiling as you were saying that because one of the things that radically transformed my life was when I began to study neuro-linguistic programming and how, and shifting your subconscious beliefs. So as you shared that there, I was thinking a lot about my own personal experience. And also recently when you shared about Kundalini, I, I just spent two weeks in Tulum, my first time in Tulum, and I tried Kundalini yoga for the first time. And it was crazy to me how the pain in our body brings up so much emotional pain as well. And I did not fall to tears, but there were moments where I came very, very close in that practice. And so um, I think all of that's fascinating. And what I want to bring up is 
I'm doing this work now. And I think I'm in a phase where I'm beginning to do this work. Right. And I've been doing it probably for the past 12, 24, 36 months. The ego part of me that was so strong before I began this journey would have never accepted that I needed therapy. Would have never accepted that I was going to go to yoga. Would have never thought about going to a men's group. Would have never tried any of these things. My question to you is when you felt like you were on top of the world as a DJ in clubs, as a producer and doing all of these things, were you also attending these retreats or did that only come in the latter phase for you? Yeah, it came in the latter phase. It came in the latter phase. So what did you have to realize? I came to realize that nothing external could fix what was happening on the inside. Because I got it. Like once you get the girl and the car and the house and the job and the accolades, and the this and not everybody gets it but if you do get it you will come to realize if you are reflecting on yourself that it's not the answer and so everything that the society is telling us is the answer and you could spend your whole life trying to get it and then you get it and it's not the answer it's a sham you realize that you've been duped They say that your ladder, make sure your ladder is up against the right wall. If you want to climb the ladder, make sure your ladder is up against the right wall because you can spend your life climbing the corporate ladder, climbing the social ladder, climbing the financial ladder, climbing the popularity ladder, climbing the whatever ladder. And then your life is essentially spent because you believe that a destination is your purpose. Mm. And then you arrive there and you realize you have been scammed because it doesn't actually make you happy. It doesn't actually matter deep down in your heart and in your soul. It's not really what you need and want. So Life is infinitely, there's an infinite amount of possibility and potential one can choose from a kaleidoscope of paths. However, your purpose, your calling, your unique soul imprint, your soul's contract, the reason why you as a spirit decided to come here in the first place, that is unique to you. That is a one in a lifetime knowing. And so the, the work of letting go, of letting go of all the stories and lies and limiting beliefs and egoic constructs that have been given to us, that work is a, is a process of clearing and cleaning a channel so that you can actually receive what's been there the whole time Mm. so that you have clear enough ears and clear enough eyes and a clear enough channel in your body and mind and spirit to be able to receive a truth 
that you actually carry as the seed of your existence. The seed of an oak tree has all the information that an oak tree needs to become an oak tree. All the potential, it's all there. All the codes are there, right? But if you don't give it water and soil, that potential can't grow. So we're born with the seed of all the potential, all the possibility that we're here and meant to create. But if we're polluting our minds, our ears, our eyes, our bodies, our mouth, our, our information, our brains, our thoughts, if we're enslaved by the repetitive, continual patterning of lack, limitation, scarcity, not enoughness, greed, jealousy, ego, then we're not giving water to our seed and our potential. And, you know, that's just the story of- I feel like we don't give water to our seed and our potential because we've been so clouded with the trauma, beliefs, values, and systems of everybody, of people in our life and society that we aren't willing to sit with ourselves long enough. And so the moment that we choose to face ourselves, things get scary. And at the same time, things get scary is when things get real. And like you shared there, it's like people aren't willing. And I wasn't for a long time. And there's still pieces of me that I am yet to face. And there always will be. But it's like as we peel back the curtain and the light is shed on what our truth is, for most people, it gets so scary that they close the curtain and they continue to seek purpose and validation through these external things. Money women, fame, sex, drugs, alcohol, all of these things that they are chasing to find a level of purpose and truth and belonging in their life. And as they, as that gets further and further away, the chase becomes harder and harder and harder. And you almost see that simultaneously they're sinking into deeper levels of angst and loneliness and depression. And it's almost like sitting with yourself for longer is the answer. Well, the answer is sitting with yourself because you are an emanation of this infinite creative potential that once experienced, and it's not religiosity or a belief system that is a dogma that is created in order to doctrinate and control. And it's not that. I'm talking about a personal felt experience with an energy that is the energy source that creates all of life, all of the cosmos, all of the trees, all of the oceans, all of the tidal waves, all of our thoughts, all of creation is essentially an energy field, a matrix wave of vibrant, life-giving energy that is multidimensional. It's a multi-universe of intelligence and existence. And once that's experienced, your level of perception about reality changes. Once that it's experienced, your understanding about what is possible changes. Once that's experienced, your fear of death changes. So you no longer need to hide and run from death or challenges or struggle because you know that that's just one layer of Mm. perceptive reality and there's Mm. a lot more to it. So that's where faith becomes your guiding light. Mm. Spiritual practice isn't a series of like a checklist 
that you need to check off every day, even though it could be. And I, the 366 program for me is a calendar of practices that I continue to live in. However, I continue to live in this calendar of practice because I've had the felt experience of the result. And when you have the felt experience of communing with a power that can fill you up with love, peace, bliss, joy, happiness, energy, strength, you understand how brilliant human beings can create life-changing, world-changing gifts and offerings or philosophies or books or teaching because they're tapping into something that's way greater greater than this limited perception of the human experience. Mm. You're tapping into an energy that is infinitely powerful and potent. And so that becomes... You know, in ayahuasca experience, although I don't recommend doing it every week and getting addicted to the medicine and all that kind of stuff, it can wake you up. Mm-hmm. A deep meditation, 10-day silent Vipassana meditation experience can wake you up. Singing spiritual hymns while wrapping your arms around hundreds of people who are all harmonizing on the same frequencies can wake you up can give you a felt experience. I had an experience in Costa Rica, 10-day kundalini yoga retreat with an incredible teacher by the name of Kia Miller, an angelic yogi, who took me on a seven-day in 2013 kundalini experience where we're up at four in the morning chanting ancient chants that have been around for thousands of years, doing breath work, doing Kriya yoga, doing Kundalini yoga. And on the sixth or seventh day, I lost my hearing. I couldn't hear. All I could hear was the wind. I couldn't hear the words that were coming out of people's mouths. I could just hear the wind. I thought I was losing my mind or I had done something too much to my brain. I thought I was having a, like a psychotic moment. And I followed the sound of the wind outside of the retreat center into the forest and it guided me into the forest and I found a platform with a clearing and I went on my knees in this forest on this platform and I put my forehead to the ground and I prayed and I said, no matter what happens, even if I walk onto the street and get hit by a bus, I swear from this moment on, I will listen and I will trust you. And I was speaking to my intuition. I was speaking to my higher self. I was speaking to my conduit that I was born with that communicates with God. And I got up from that prayer with tears in my eyes. And I looked up at the sky and I saw three shooting stars. One, two, three, form a triangle in the sky. And at that moment, I knew that I had communicated with the stars. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to convince anyone else. I knew that it didn't make sense, that I had a call and response, that I spoke and I got a response in real life by the stars. And it was so shocking to me that I had that much power in that moment that my body felt electrocuted. I was crying. 
and snot was coming out of my nose and I was hyperventilating and I could barely breathe. But it wasn't because I was sad. It was because I couldn't believe the realness of my experience with God. I couldn't, ex I couldn't, it, it broke every paradigm of reality that I had a conversation with God through the stars in such a profound way. And I bring that story up in my life frequently because it was one of those moments. It was one of those moments where I, I just know, can I prove it? I, I can't prove it. Do I know within, without a shadow of a doubt in my bones? Can I die knowing that I had that moment? 100% yes. And so I get to use that felt experience as the catalyst for my faith. And why, why did I have that experience? Because I spent seven days chanting, breathing, eating whole foods, praying, meditating, deeply ingrained in ancient spiritual practice in an environment in the jungle, very clean and clear from 5G technology noise distraction. And so I had a direct channel open for God to come through. Is God always there? Always. Am I always available? No. It takes work. It takes commitment. It takes discipline. So that is the felt experience that I'm essentially speaking to that comes through the spiritual work of clearing in such a way that we can listen. Whew. Truly listen. I have to tell you, I got shivers listening to that. I did. That's why I put my hand here because you don't have to prove it and you will never be able to fully prove it because I didn't live it. But I think in the way that you share it, there is a truth in your voice and a truth in the energy that is given off when you share that. There's just a knowing there. And I think that's so profound. So thank you for sharing that. And what I will say in relation to all of that that was just shared is, that's coming through me in this moment is a key differentiator is the word for me right now is willingness willingness to separate and willingness to unplug and willingness to put yourself in seven day retreats and face the discomfort and sit with the truth and willingness to trust in the divine, whatever that be for you. Willingness seems to be a word that keeps coming through my mind in this moment. And how do you, I guess this does the, the relationship here between willingness and fear. And you've talked a lot about fear. And I want to ask you, how have you navigated your relationship with fear? Fear is a companion in my life that no longer today, today, 
because I can't always speak. Who knows what tomorrow brings? Yeah. But today, fear is not making the decisions and doesn't have its hand on the steering wheel. However, fear is still in my experience. It's still in the car. He's just in the back seat. And so fear, when fear drives my decisions, I'm in reactivity. When I'm in reactivity, I'm not responding. I'm not response able. I'm controlled. I'm reactive. Pause, the pause, the pause, fellows, sacred fellowship. I've leaned on making a phone call to a sacred fellow when I'm triggered mm -hmm. and saying, I'm about to do something. Let's talk about it before sending the email, before agreeing to the contract, before telling that person to, you know, take a hike. Pause. That's one. The other is truly, they say, you know, and these are all taglines and God's in everything or God's in nothing. And it's hard to embody that in experience. It's taking me decades. However, what I'm realizing is that when I fill my consciousness with sacred information and practice, when I prioritize all the in-between moments, when I'm in the car, when I'm between meetings, when I'm going from here to there, when I'm in the bathroom, when I'm on the toilet, when I take these in-between moments and use them as an opportunity to connect to God consciousness, whether it's through listening to a sacred speaker or read, listening to a sacred book or saying a prayer or doing a meditation, when I begin to integrate that throughout my day, then when fear comes up or a trigger come up, comes up, I'm like, God's in this too. God's in this too. God is in this as well. And God is a benevolent, powerful, infinitely abundant entity, energy that has created my life and created this circumstance so that I can heal and grow and evolve and become more of myself. And it takes the pressure off. It's not that I have to play God anymore. I don't have to control and make everything right. It's already a part of life. So the pressure gets taken off of my shoulders and I get to witness this process. Of course, breathing helps. Of course, meditation can help. But I find, you know, it depends on our level of trauma and our level of emotional regulation, our ability to emotionally regulate. Yeah. For me, for years, if I didn't ha I have a deep bench of brothers who I can call and I know that if one doesn't pick up, another will. And I can say, and Javon is one of them, the guy, Javon Langford, an incredible channeler of truth, men's coach and healer, and guide, an entrepreneur, he picks up the fucking phone, excuse my language, but yeah. he picks up the phone and he will process with me. 
and he's a safe space. So I don't do that with everyone. But if I'm, you know, all fussied up about a woman, a project, uh, somebody who did me an injustice. Yeah. I get on the phone with a sacred, safe brother and God speaks to me through them, through him. So there's, you know, there's a million ways to answer that question. I think uh, you will find your answers when you are asking the right questions. You will find your answers when you ask the right questions. And for, for you or for anyone listening, the right question may be, what do I do when I'm scared? God, show me. And you will see that the answer will, may not be obvious. It may not be a commercial ad on your favorite, you know, channel, but it will come. And if you are listening, it will, it will show itself. And then it's up to you. See, the other beautiful thing about being a human is that we have the power of choice. Mm-hmm. And so we're constantly be, are, are given the choice, mm-hmm. the keys to heaven. Heaven is an experience of your life on earth in peace, love, joy, harmony, abundance, creativity, community. That's heaven. Yeah. And so the keys to heaven are given in each choice moment. In each choice moment. And so it's always available depending on our choices. And so is hell, by the way. And hell is pollution. It's fear-mongering. It's control-driven political agendas. It's lockdowns and pollution and treating everyone as a commodity and as a resource rather than a relative yeah and as a family member yeah so when we treat the earth as a resource when we treat each other as a resource when we treat human beings as commodities to be managed and marketed to and controlled and we are creating hell on earth And when we treat each other as relatives, as family, and we shift our ways of relating to life itself, we will quickly, quickly begin to perceive and experience heaven on earth. It's a choice. You know, you spoke briefly about Juvan there, and then you used the word choices. And I think that's, unbelievable that you shared that because I have one gentle reminder on my wrist that I got two years ago that says you choose because for a long period of my life and I feel this is a concept that so many of us as young men forget is that in the largest scale purpose direction and life choices but also in the moments we forget that we have a choice 
And for so long in my life as well, I was forgetting that I had a choice. And by forgetting that I was having a, that I had a choice in those moments turned me into a people pleaser, turned me into a man who dramatically overwhelmed his schedule, turned me into a, a guy who lived in this consistent phase of scarcity because of the choices that I was giving away by forgetting that I had the power to choose. And I think that is so profound by just really thinking about that. And Yvonne shared that with me. In at the first call we ever had, I was going through a major moment of deep pressure. So much going on. This was probably two years ago. So much going on in my life. So many things happening. Dynamics with family. Dynamics with girlfriend. First girlfriend. Dynamics within my own head. And everything felt so overwhelming. And he said three words when I asked him, how do I change all of that? And he looked at me in the eyes. He said, you choose it. And it was like rockets shot through my brain in that moment because I'd had such a profound experience with three simple words that I have a choice, that I have a choice. And I, I think that is the most profound message that I'm gaining from you here. So much wisdom that you've shared is that when we forget that we have a choice, life is not our own. And when we take back that choice, just by remembering that we have it, that we have it, not our family, not our parents, not our brothers, sisters, friends, but when being in connection to the higher powers that guide and understanding that this is uniquely ours, this one life, and it is our choice in how we live it. For me, that's everything. For me, that's everything. So beautifully said. Thank you so much for sharing that. You've made a choice. Javon made a choice. Those choices are a pebble that get dropped in the cosmic lake and create ripple effects for thousands and thousands of people. I'm so grateful you invited me on this podcast to continue to further your ripple effect to continue to further Javon's ripple effect. And these choices are exponentially potent. These choices are exponentially productive from a uh, internal guidance system place, from a internally nurturing and nourishing, holistic, wholesome place. It's a different form of productivity. It's not achievement consciousness. It's I'm cultivating the environment within my inner sanctuary, my inner garden, my inner soil, such that the seeds of my potential, of my highest state of expression and being can come forth. So I leave you with gratitude and so much appreciation an acknowledgement that this is the ripple effect and this is the healing that is quantum leaping some of us, hopefully more of us, into a state of presence with truth. Head over to billygartonjr.com 
scroll down to the section that reads are you looking for a place to figure it all out click on the button that reads count me in fill out the information and a member of my team will be sure to reach out to get you involved in the you choose brotherhood boy will this brotherhood change your life community and connection meets courageous conversation monthly mastermind calls bi-monthly brotherhood check-ins mini courses and answers to some of your life's greatest questions we have it all in here head over to billygartonjr.com scroll down to the section that reads are you looking for a place to figure it all out click on the button that reads count me in fill out the information and a member of my team will be sure to reach out super excited to see you there so beautifully put thank you so much for sharing and thank you so much for being here absolute gratitude 100% gratitude for the you taking the time and i know you have some movements going on right now and i would love you to put to my audience how they can support in those movements yeah i will quickly tell you that i am building a soccer field for a small village in guatemala haibalito lake atitlan guatemala there's a small village of mayan rainbow children who have absolutely nothing they live in dirt floor huts they live in extreme impoverished and oppressive conditions however they are light beings they are smiling dancing joyful courageous talented beings and so we want to build a stadium a space for them to play and to live a holistic life and to get off the streets and get away from the dark energies that exist in those types of environments so football field of dreams f u t b o l football like they say in south america fieldofdreams.com you can read all about the project and donate if you'd like to support or come down and play with the kids coach the kids mentor the kids mm-hmm. all that's going to be available once the field is built i am building a artist residency and you know micro communities village retreat experience for artists and creators who want to live off grid in a high vibe and activate their highest potential way so we're building and selling incredible homes um you know you can just check me out on social media yeah um azuro man at azuro man a z z u r r o m a n and uh and i can share you know reach out to me directly and i'll share more about that the list goes on and on the 366program.com is a coaching program that i've put on hold for a while because uh coaching can become very energy consuming however it's going to be coming back soon and so there's a bunch of free videos and information there but if anyone's interested in in learning more about the practices that I've developed to elevate my states of being and heal from limiting beliefs, addictive habits and emotional dependencies, hit me up and yeah, that's what I got for now. I love it. I love it. Guys, if you feel called in any of those movements, I'm definitely going to look closely into the movement in Guatemala that sits close to my heart. So, if you feel called in any of those movements, please feel free and please do take action. This guy has lived 
and he's experienced and he's loved and he's transformed and he's sharing all of that knowledge and wisdom and asking for support here in a lot of his movements. So again, thank you so much for being here. Everybody else, you know where to find me, Billy Garton Jr. You can check out youngaspirersuniversity.com if you're a young man looking to heal and grow with a community of young men who need this support. We are here for you. We are here with you. We are here to see you in your truth, not in the lies, in the radical truth of who you are and to radically support you every step of the way. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. And so it is. Ciao for now. And so it is. Ciao for now.